Hello and welcome to Star Trek Reliant. I am your host, Duncan Idaho, and I'm filling in for Grumpy Old Lord this week. Since he's not able to make it, but we're going to continue on with the Mirror Universe shenanigans from last week. So, without further ado, let us introduce who we've got with us tonight. Starting with our Nostican Security uh, Officer, Jorog! Hey, bye. Hello, hello. I am Pirate Scum Gaming. I play the Nostigan Security Guard, Tardigrade Wrangler, and All-Around Problem Solver. And that usually means solving problems with my fists. Next, we have our ever-suave uh, Chief Medical Officer and First Officer, Dr. Eli O'Connor. Hey, that's me. I can be suave sometimes. Next, Tara, who will be very fun tonight. I'm, I'm, I'm just this guy, you know? And lastly, for our cast tonight, we have Rick Tier, our Chief Engineer. Welcome back. Well, why am I saying welcome back? Because I'm the one that's back. But anyway, Yay. nice to be back. You can welcome yourself back. There's no rule. All right. So last time, the crew of USS Reliant was investigating the appearance of a mirror universe uh, counterpart to Captain Graves and the USS Reliant. There is some business going down on Starbase Magellan, and our crew has sent a small away team to investigate said antics. That crew had just, uh, I believe, entered a turbo lift into the cargo bay to try to identify the last uh, known location or close to it of the sighting of one Captain, or Mirror Universe, Captain Graves. We open with the turbo lift opening up onto a uh, relatively unused section of Starbase Magellan, uh, the Starbase that has become home of the Alliance Exploration Initiative as helped uh, back into service by the Ryu, uh, Thans, who we've encountered in a previous episode. The Starbase still has a long way to go to becoming serviceable, and it is filled with many decks of very disused uh, 23rd century um, style uh, plating, fallen into, well, again, a lot of disrepair and rust and general bleh. The crew finds themselves walking out onto a section of this station in a so very lightly um, renovated, but still a long ways to go section of the hallway. It's got some new lighting system, but a lot of exposed DPS panels and miscellaneous cargo, tools strewn about, that type of thing. It's very much a work in progress. So this is one of the last known locations of one cap, or one of the sightings points for uh, graves further along this corridor. And let's go ahead and have a little bit of a reset on who we've got for this away mission. So we've got car. I'm going to um, have if they weren't there, they're going to be beamed in. Car uh, Junrani, Eli O'Connor, Chorog, and Rick Tier, and Sesajigoro as our away team in this uh, case. I was about to say, Everyone is Marcus did. still there? Oh, I guess Marcus can still be there, too. Okay, in that case, all you've done is add two people who weren't there before, I think. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, I didn't really want to leave two... Actually, I'll leave it... Actually, let's uh, double back on this. For the people who were... Like, for the characters who weren't part of this away mission, which I think... Okay, who wasn't uh, included in the away mission last time? Kara wasn't, and Rick wasn't here, so he wasn't included by default. Okay. So, do you want to pick up with your Prime Universe characters, or wait for an opportunity to bring in someone else? 
I'd prefer to just wait, but that's up to you. If you really want Kara to be there, she'll be there. Yeah, I'm happy with waiting. What's your preference? Okay, then let's not do any modifications to the away team. It's just Marcus, um, Eli, Chorog, and Tetra. Cue the outtake reel. Suddenly, Kara beams in. Marcus is like, the fuck are you doing here? Kara beams back out. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. All right, so Chorog, you've got security point. And Eli, you're uh, basically in master spy mode. You've, you've got the shoes. The shoes. All right, so uh, Trog, having security point, is leading the group carefully down the hall, being very vigilant to, their, to his surroundings. We better watch. We don't uh, know where hey. he is. He can... Yeah, go ahead. Go on. Oh, you go for it. We better watch where we're going. We don't know where your mere counterpart could be hiding in ambush. Marcus says, well, quite so, but we also don't know what else might be down here or Yak is this here at all. Uh, the cargo bay in question is about three, uh, er, uh, three doors down uh, and down a uh, separate corridor. So let us, um, yeah, let's just go ahead and be as careful as we can in getting to uh, that upwind of interest. Copy that. Checkers, watch our back. Did Checkers get what? I don't remember if Checkers went. I think Eli. But uh, yeah, I, I think Eli. Was it Eli or Checkers? The Eli, Eli, Eli is for sure. Like yeah, Checkers is not here. Yeah, because I did all the. Uh, well, I had I had that little talk in the last episode with Eli about making sure he brought the shoes. Hence the shoes gif above in our chat. Okay, so, uh, scratch that, reverse that. Um, Eli, watch our back. We don't know if he's going to try to come behind us or not. So, Marcus, the group is headed towards exactly what kind of part of the station right now? It's going to be a cargo bay. Excellent. So, just use cargo bay, too. Uh, we'll get to the description a little bit here, but first I'm going to have both of, uh, I'll have Chorog and Eli both roll an insight security check and for threat let's see just making sure I'm taking note of how much I've got uh, I'm going to spend two threat, so complication range 18 excellent so we've got no successes and one complication for Chorog oh, wait, and I've one got that did I roll that wrong? No, you rolled it right. Uh, you you forgot it right. the. You got a twenty. And, forgot the combination yeah, range. It doesn't matter. Yeah. No. Yeah. So Chorog rolled a fourteen. He needed a thirteen, but he rolled a fourteen and a twenty. So Chorog gets no successes and one complication. Whereas Doctor O'Connor, you've got one success and one complication. So Nick, Eli notices that there's been a bit of disturbance in the hallway. So it looks like that the grime's been sort of moved around a little bit. It looks like there's a little bit of bit, been a bit of tra- uh, traffic through here. But both you and Chorog both get the feeling that this section of station has only been used by the Ryu Vegans. Like, Chorog, you're kind of feeling at this point that we're probably on a wild goose chase. Or this particular sta- section of station as this sort of the environment around you starts to sink in. You're both completely off your guard. Or that's just what they want us to think. 
Uh, uh, he's been through here. He's he's covered his tracks. I don't I, I don't see any proof that he's even here. If I see some. Things, I see some. Um, I see things moved around. Seems like someone has been through here, but I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure it's just you know our friends up there. But hmm. grave size. Well, best we can do is at least take a look at um, take a look at the cargo bay. So let's proceed ahead. Trog nods and slowly moves forward, taking point. You take point. From inside the cargo bay is the sound of hands tapping on keys. Probably someone typing at a pad. So, you guys proceed over towards the, um, towards the cargo bay. Three doors down, a little bit to the left, down another little section of a hallway leading to a cargo bay that's a little bit curved because it's interfacing with the outer, um, the, uh, outer hull of the space station. So it looks like this would have some fairly easy access to docked ships, um, here, although it doesn't look like this is a hangar bay. So, no immediate fears of decompression at a very sudden move, but at the same time, this does make sense for a cargo transfer port. The cargo bay has a lot of original station material. Barrels of quadrutriticale, other miscellaneous crates of 23rd century heavy equipment, gear, consumables, toilet paper, just a very broad variety of completely useless stuff. This sounds Toilet very paper. high. I'm glad we upgraded to bidets. It's a bad joke, I'm sorry. <laughs> there, there's worse you can make. We upgraded to transporters. The three seashells. <laughs> I knew the seashells were coming. <laughs> So has the, so Char, I, I guess the group has entered the cargo bay then, yes? Yes. Charles is approaching the cargo, the cargo bay, but he he hears he hears what sounds like tapping and Oh no 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 no. So as you enter the cargo bay, you're gonna have to roll an insight security roll to see if you can hear any of the activity that's been going on there. Insight security, alright. Another two threat. Complication range eighteen. Is that inside security? Inside security. All right, Chorog, you hear slight tapping as you enter the cargo bay. The rest Trog. of the group does follow in behind you, though. So everyone is inside the cargo bay. Chorog motions for them to stop, stop where they are, and kind of take a cover position because he know you can hear tapping, so that means there's someone in there, and he wants to try to smoke them out. Well, the other person rolled a single success on a complication. With a, you know, insight security check to hear the other side coming. Cargo robots. Gotta be cargo robots. Trog notices a can- canister of some description sitting on top of a crate, so he picks up the... picks it up and chucks it towards where he hears the typing coming from, hoping to scare the hell out of whoever's there and make him come out. I'm gonna have you roll for that. Uh, fitness security. Alright. One success. You kind of get it in the general area. There's a high-pitched scream and sounds of light feet running. It kind of sounds like you just scared the shit out of a Ryu fan who just ran for their life. Quit running and show yourself! 
Zetsa calls out. Hi! Zetsa, what are you doing in here? I'm at part of the away team and following you as you've taken security point. Don't. Don't do that behind me, back. Get the hell out of me. Alright, well, I'm just here. Where it is that's running? Stop running and show yourself. Don't make me come after you. That's a calls out. He's really nice when you get to know him. No, I'm not. I would say go ahead and have an inside security role for the people in the cargo bay. Everyone do it. Everyone, you say? <coughs> Everyone. Um, any complication or just... Uh, just rolling it this time. I need to save some for later. Oh. Uh, not like I needed the complication, it seems. This is Zach. I... Alright, I'm just checking out my peoples. I'll leave the complication up to Duncan, but I can cover everyone's successes by mentioning it. Okay, wow. Who was the okay. second one, Duncan? Was that... That's a... <laughs> okay. So, going in order, everybody realizes they don't hear running anymore. Chorog realizes that whoever it was, they booked it. They're not coming back. They probably haven't heard him yelling. And Setsa realizes there was only one door out of this area. Whoever left, left some other way. Setsa raises her hand. Chorog face palms at this time. Yes, Setsa. <laughs> um... There's only one way in or out of this cargo bay, and since we didn't see anyone running past us, and the person's probably gone, they may have gone out a Jeffrey's tube or um, other type of maintenance stuff. That is a distinct possibility. Eli, watch the door. We're going to go see if we can find another way out of here. All right, door it is. You investigate the cargo bay. I am also going to have you do another roll for this. And you're still in sets of voice. Why are you in sets of voice? Oh. Because I forgot to hit the button. Duncan's been taken over. So, okay. So the, um... Uh, so I'm going to have you make your another roll for this. Uh, to find a likely hatch or other egress point, roll Insight Engineering. One success for Chorog. Chorog finds a... Hold on. Oh. Hold on, we gotta wait for wait, you, Eli. See, see everybody I, else. I, have to, I was staying by the door. I didn't think I was looking around. Okay, well... You got eyes. You can still look. Looking around. He oh, no, no. Eli's... No, he doesn't have to roll. I, I am not rolling. It is, it is all right. Marcus and Eli are delegating. So... Okay, so... What you find is that Chorog notes that there are a couple ventilation shafts, but they don't look large enough for anyone to get through. Setsa realizes that each of these is a two-foot square. Maybe a Ryuthayan could have squeezed in there. Setsa calls over. Um, we may have just been scaring off Ryuthayan. Like, I think they're the only species we know that can really fit through here, and we know that they're going to be on the station. Chorog read holsters his disruptor pistol and says, hey, you're probably right. You know, you should probably look around this cargo bay. You never know who or what could be hiding in here. After all, we, we did see some kind of sign. And we did see some kind of sign that something come through that corridor, but whatever it is, cover their tracks. 
Marcus nods. Yeah, but at the same time, it could just be a uh, maintenance work on a break or on a special project. So we don't want to uh, jump to too many conclusions as yet, but definitely let's take a look around for any sign of recent activity, especially involving our, our mirror counterparts. Let's get an insight security role. For everybody searching. You don't have to search, obviously. Inside security? Inside security. Best I can figure for a look around and find stuff role. Unsuccess each. Uh, okay, so if those are the only people rolling, then you realize that there's one or two new crates in here, but there's nothing particularly suspicious. It could well be that this area was just slowly starting to be opened up and going to be used for storage. Well, it doesn't look like there's anything overly incriminating in here. Let's double back and try to find another, maybe another cargo base so we can find something. Marcus sighs. Yeah, I suppose. We're down here. May as well. If I may ask for a possible quick scene change, but it's up to Duncan. Should we follow the figure and where she went, or should we deal with that later? Oh, we can totally scene change right now. Okay, well, let's go to wherever Mir Graves is, then. Mir Graves is on board the bridge of the ISS Reliant, hidden nearby. Ah. Okay. So we, we, we go there, and basically there's a comm badge beat for him. Mir Graves, who differs from Prime Universe Graves, and having a full goatee versus just a chin goatee, taps at his comm badge and says, Graves here. Master Graves forgives this one her, her, her quiet response, but I believe that there are intruders on the station, sir. Hmm, what kind of intruders? I did not exactly get a good look. Hmm, be they pirate or be they Starfleet, they may stumble into our plans. Let us send a security team to surveil them at the very least. Of course, Master Graves. As regards the other project... The device is working exactly as intended. Very good. You're serving the Empire well today, but do not let that go to your head. Thank you, Master Graves. Graves taps his combat and says, Bryce unit, you are required for a special assignment. There's a heavy thud, a thud behind the captain's chair as a silver skeletal android steps up, salutes heavily, and begins walking out. Thud. 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 Did, uh, did Black Sabbath start playing for anybody, or is it just me? <laughs> anyway, we can now rejoin the rest of the group. I heard the Psychotron the by Megadeth. The rest of the group has found another cargo bay. In this one, they find miscellaneous colonial uh, fabrication supplies. Bits of infrastructure, such as Domes, chairs, small ground vehicles. And a sweaty gold tunic Couples. that has several tears on it. I'm going to have the crew roll Insight Engineering. Prime crew or mirror crew? Uh, prime crew. Is that Insight Security? Engineering. Insight Engineering. It's Cargo Bay 2, Electric Boogaloo. Cargo Bay 2, the search for Cargo, cargo Bay 1. No, yeah, that's where you started. It's Search for Cargo Bay 3. Everyone knows that. <laughs> this is going to be fun. I thought it was Cargo Bay 3, the Search for Cargo Bay 2. Ah, uh, you're right. You're right. I think we like, just bypassed that, though. One... When did we bypass it? 
No, we bypassed yes, no. three, the search for two. Never mind, I was making a different Spaceballs joke, but it didn't wow. matter. Got it, I got it. It took me a minute, I'm, I'm just an idiot, I'm sorry. Cargo Bay, one, two, five! He's a- I knew it, I'm surrounded by assholes. Howard just makes in all the references now. So, Chorog, as you proceed through this cargo bay, you find a more interesting collection of goods than you did previously. You find a crate of 23rd century phaser rifles. Eli, you find a crate of 23rd century uniforms. Arcus finds nothing. Setsa also finds a crate of 23rd century uniforms, but falls into it as well. Eli picks up a yellow shirt from the crate of uniforms. Uh, I suppose checkers could try marketing these as unripped Kirk shirts. Trog picks up the 23rd century phaser rifle, carefully examines it, sees that its shoulder strap is still intact, and shoulders the weapon. Oh, I want to be working one of these. How does he know it's working? It's Trog. He knows these things. A connoisseur, a connoisseur can feel it. <laughs> I'm a pirate. I'm a weapons guy. I know these things. That looks uh, uncomfortable to fire. Uh, it's got that, now, those classic twenty third century curves. I love these things. <laughs> so I'm also gonna have you now roll insight security. Also, uh for the record, let us say we have uh one momentum uh built up so far. This is the night of complications. They just don't like me, I think. Everybody has right. bad nights. You find, um, let's see, Marcus and Eli find that there's quite a bit more recent activity in this cargo bay. Things have been moved around, obvious spaces where dust has been disturbed, and the general grime of where some boxes used to lie has definitely been shifted over. Chorog and Setsa discover together that there's a transporter, um, there's a transporter enhancer unit. That has been left here. Uh, Trog sees Setsa intent, intently uh, looking over something and walks over to see what she has found. What'd you find, Setsa? You, you have that look of determination on your face. Uh, well, I do believe I found something that shouldn't be here a transporter enhancer that appears mostly starfleet, but not quite. Trog takes a look at it and does a quick scan. Yeah, you're right. This is this does not have the Starfleet resonance signature. This is something different. Why it's here, I don't know. That 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 worries me. We need to see if we can deactivate this thing. We don't need someone popping in on us unexpected. With that, there's a heavy thump behind Eli, which is especially funny and sets his voice. Oh God! <laughs> Long day. There's a That's heavy thump behind <laughs> Eli. What? I totally changed it. What about now? You're good you're, now. You're fine now. We were just you're laughing at the... I, yeah, Okay, he... I thought it was stuck. <laughs> no, 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 you're good. No, you're good now. You know, if he can't hear it, we can just right. mess with him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, pretty much. I'll not, I will not notice. All right, there's a heavy thump behind Eli. He turns, and hey, it's Bryce. Bryce, you weren't assigned here. Red, li- red eyes glow in the darkness. That's I, not Bryce! That's not Bryce, yep. Oh no, the that's Bryce. Moves. 
the form moves and tries to grab Dr. Eli O'Connor. Ah! You must roll to evade! Ah! Oppose daring security checks! Dun-dun-dun! And... Two successes! You have evaded the clutches of the Silver Tomata in what appears to be a heavy combat outfit. Many pockets, many armor plating. This guy looks business, and he's got a Terran insignia emblazoned on his shoulder. He's not the only one here, though, as you can... Uh, he's not the only one here, though, as you can start to perceive around you shapes moving in the shadows, and the sound of other feet moving about. This isn't good. We're surrounded. Take up defensive positions now. Graves dead, so Sutta is a little bit slow. Rick, would you like to make a grand entrance here? Yes. Yes, I would. Um, so uh, from out of the shadows steps a... Um, you, you, you see the familiar form of Rick, but... Uh, his clothing is very much more like, uh, sort of a, like a brown leathery, uh, jacket, uh, Terran insignia on his, um, right breast, um, and a heavy scowl, a uh, scowl, scowl on his face. Uh, hello. <laughs> I was wondering when we'd be able to meet. Too bad it won't be too long. Graves yells back. Well, we can try to make this for a really long engagement, or not. Just depends on how reasonable we can be. Uh, we want one thing. Well, many things. But for now, we will we'll suffice for him. And he points to uh, Dr. Eli. What? Dave says, you gotta make a better deal than that. Well, um, I mean, you are surrounded, um, uh, so I don't think you have much choice. Torg speaks up. Request denied! Try again! Well, if you won't, uh, give him away, well then we'll come and take him. And, uh, he tosses something out to, towards the group. Um, it's a small sort of, um... Sort of like almost hexagonal plate. Um, so first I want to roll to see if uh, it actually lands anywhere near you guys. So this is control security. <laughs> yeah, I, I am so hoping for no successes and too complicated on this roll. I still want Troll to be able to jump out and just crush it with his boot. He just throws it and just goes, donk. <laughs> Actually, I'm laughing. Chora goes to crush it with his boot. It turns out it was a landmine. Uh, I, uh, hang on, let me try that again, because I completely stuffed that up. It's time for a game of Ultimate Frisbee. Let's go. <laughs> okay, two successes. So it lands, um, in the middle of the group. Um, and as it, as it does, you hear uh, a power, like, sort of hum emit from it. Uh, can I get, uh, who? Who's gonna be close enough to be affected? It's a area sort of thing. I would say that Chorog is gonna be the closest. Okay, uh, let's say, uh, yeah, let's, let's just do Chorog. 
Uh, Tro, can you give me a fitness security check? This will be opposed by my um, control engineering. Um, yeah, no, this will just be a straight roll. So two successes. Um, you try to dodge out of the way, but um, a, a leash of energy sort of starts to wrap wrap around you and, and restrict your movement. You've been sort of lashed in place. Eli, oh, that's, a, oh, that's foreplay you want. Okay. <laughs> Marcus face palms at that, and as he does so, um, the the hulking automata of near universe Bryce lumbers forward towards Dr. O'Connor. What does he do? Um, um, rocket time. All right. Um, yeah, he's not, he can't oppose you. He's not an agile machine. Yeah, rocket time. <laughs> Tap my also, suit. Do you, do you want to spend momentum? Um, nah, why not? All right, get, uh, you spent your momentum. Uh, you're down to zero now and you get an extra dice. Alright, and not... what's this going to be? Um, for this type of role, I'd say control security. Alright. Well, ain't that a kick what? in the neck? <laughs> what? Ooh, no successes! <laughs> Hold on a second. No fight. Uh, hmm. Do you have anything you can use? Because I kind of want to see, in Brent Spiner fashion, I just want to see Mirror, uh, Mirror Bryce explode. <laughs> Um, if you're very nice, you could give us a reroll. <laughs> I mean, if well, you have Trog, any traits, well, Trog has me- Trog has mechanical tinkering. He could technically, and he has Dauntless too. So technically, he could break through that thing and just completely disassemble Mirror Bryce. Um, what about you? Points of determination. Yeah, so um, you can you can use a value if that applies to reroll everything. All right, yeah, let's use the value. Woo. Uh, yeah, you can, um, yeah, you've got this, because you've got, uh, never be cruel, never be cowardly, and we endure, yeah. uh, hardship so others don't have to, so I will allow you to use that. Alright, let's go for zero successes again. <laughs> zero successes! Oh. Um, your rockets connect heavily, and... While this is a very tough combat android, it is not prepared for the sudden volley of rockets that fire from the shoulders of your suit. Mirror Universe Bryce explodes in a shower of shrapnel and other parts. Marcus goes diving to the floor. Setsa squeaks and the box she fell into. The other members of the Terran away team also scramble for cover as well. Korog, you have an opening to try to wriggle your way out of the electrical fields. Although, um, uh, Mirror Universe Rift here can also try to adjust them to keep you constrained. Okay, also, I have... Also, they can rebuild him. They have the technology. Okay, for my focuses, I do have mechanical tinkering and improvised construction. So I could probably use um, one of those to attempt to yeah, mechanic- somehow disable the device. Yeah, so you can use your focus to try to do that. So you're uh, basically for this role, 
the value for this will be an engineer control role. So you will have, you'll use your value for your engineering skill um, as your critical range. So if it's four, you do TD20, your number, say 13, space four. All right, two successes, one complication. This is an opposed role, so Rick, what can you two do? Successes, two successes as well. no complication. So it is an even struggle, Chorog. However, in the exertion, you feel that you've, sprain, you've strained something down low. Oh! oh this thing just won't let go! That, oh! Chorog slowly stumbles to one knee. Oh my damn bad knee. Crap! All times were to give. Uh, he's, Chorog, uh, Mirror Rick Tear is staring you down. You see a slight smirk starting. Uh, emerge as he uh, is focusing on, on a pad in his hand. Marcus tries to shoot the pad. <laughs> well, Charles has a thing called values of I like using my hands. Does that mean he can reach up and grab Richter by the balls and just twist? Oh, yep. no. <laughs> You'd have to, you know, no, that's not how values work. So, um... Not to mention, you'd need very long arms. Yeah. <laughs> He's not a Namekian. So, um, no, he's plastic man. I'm just going through here. No, I'm not going to say any of Marcus's focus supply. So Marcus is just going to take a pot shot for uh, Rictier's data pad. Two successes. Uh, yeah, roll for damage. Uh, crap! I forget how to do that. Uh, it's just uh, what's what's the uh, weapon you're using? Uh, uh, type one phaser. Uh, okay. So that's uh, what's your security? Five. Okay, then it's uh, 66. Alrighty, awesome. Four for the effects result, six for the numeric. Okay, so you, uh, uh, yeah, you, you, the uh, pad just vaporizes in his hand as it, it just falls apart pieces. Graves calls out, this is better when we negotiate. The, um, the, electric, the electric field is still up as it hasn't been turned off. But if um, uh, there is still a chance for Chorog to escape, there's no way to modify the, um, the field anymore. Chorog, fight through the pain and try to escape from the energy field. Fitness security, just break it out. Unsuccess. Success. You start. So you are able to basically stand up, sort of, you're pulling the field, you're stretching it. Almost there, though. Don't quite escape, but you're really making good progress. Trog is struggling to reach for the disruptor pistol that is in his belt, hoping he can maybe grab it and take a shot at the device, completely disabling it. Eli, what do you do? That is a very good question, and I'm going to take cover, because I'm pretty sure those rockets are only like one barrage. Depends on the will of Garrick and his foresight. It's a spy. It's spy tools. It's it's probably one use. Let's face it. <laughs> and it's okay. also Garrick who made it, so I'm sure he figured nothing would be left afterwards. <laughs> he so, took out the tankiest thing with it. So, so there's That's a right. few other miscellaneous security personnel. No one you recognize from the no uh, counterparts of the crew that you recognize. So these are your generic humanoid uh, Terran officers. Many a scowl, many an odd bit of facial hair. They're kind of Almost taking cover, but they start to peer out. Almost entirely human. So they start to peer out. Graves is noticing the situation. 
and looks over to Chorog. Get over there! Chorog is still struggling. He's very close to breaking the net. He begins to tell himself, I am Chorog the pirate. I am of the Plundar Raider clan. I do not give up. I will break this thing! Just so I can skin you alive! Rick, what do you do? He's gonna, um... He's gonna shout out, Kill them all! Leave the doctor for me! And then he's gonna start pull out his agony favor, uh, type 2, and start firing, taking up a defensive position. Raves fires at Rick. Two successes. All for damage? Yep. Okay, so... Four results, one effects. Yeah, so that's, uh... Rick, Rick, you strike Rick, he's really hurt, but he's not out of it. Graves yells. yells. Yeah, go ahead. Graves yells over. Again, negotiations. Talky-talky, find out what each other need, see what we can do to work something out. You know, just generally works out better than trying to kill each other. You talk far too much. Not enough action. And then he flies back. Trog has almost uh, managed to break free of the energy net. He's managed to scoot himself very close to the device that is uh, causing it, hoping he can at least get his boot near it so he can at least try to crush it with his boot heel. All right. Once Rick is finished up here, we will see what you are doing. Okay, so that's two successes on shooting back at uh, Captain Graves. All right. Graves is hit. This is going to be, uh, let's, uh, let's roll, this is a, probably type two, so that would be six or up. Ooh, Ooh Graves is hurt badly as it, the shot, uh, Yeah, so this, as this was an Agni, uh, what would the effect of, res- effects of, on, a, on an Agni phaser? Uh, Agni really phaser. painful. Agony phasers trigger every nerve ending in the body all at once. All right. So you pierce Captain Graves' shield, and he is on the floor in pain. Torog, you can try to um, break through your restraints and take a shot at Richter. Hey, that's fitness security, right? Fitness security. Oh, it's... One success. So you are able to, I'll say you're able to break through the, um, break through. Now you can take a shot at Richter, and this would be a control security roll. The actual, um, using of the disruptor. Trog Trog manages to wiggle also closer to the device causing the energy web. It's close enough to hit it with his boot. He raises his boot and brings it down full force on the device, absolutely crushing it. Right. The energy web releases. Trog, Trog sits up. My turn. Pulls his disruptor pistol out. Takes point blank aim at Richter and pulls the trigger. What do I need to roll? Uh, for control that? security roll. Control security. Uh, with uh, do you ha- you've got a phaser, a disruptor pistol uh, focus, right? Yes. Um, he's got a small arms focus. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. you would also. And is there any kind of uh, pi- your- so any kind of pistol? Yeah, so make sure that you have, um, for your critical range, you've got a 5, because of focus applies. Okay. 
So 2d20, 15-5. Yep. Three successes. Ooh. Definitely, the shot definitely lands. So now you got to roll for damage. I'd say you're so, hurt. Uh, oh, yeah. He's hurting. Oh, yeah. Seven and four. So, Rick, take it away. Oh, <laughs> lands his shot. Dead, dead, ma- center oh, mass Rick. right in his chest. Uh, Rick. Yeah, so, so you actually shoot his arm off that this, uh, as, as a disruptor disrupts the cells in his body and the, the arm just sort of gets like sort of like the uh, the upper arm gets completely vaporized. The forearm just sort of falls to the ground uh, as uh, Rick sort of just starts to stumble back away, grunting at you. Yeah, mine hurts more. Marcus raises a hand weakly. I beg to differ. <laughs> um. So, but he's still on the floor. A uh, security. Um. One of the Terran uh, intruders calls out. Are you okay, sir? And this is to Rick. Yeah, you just get out. Just fire! And, um, uh... They, they... Yeah, so that, that'll be his action for now. So, they fire, but it's a relatively imprecise sort of just spray of fire. These are not terribly well battle-hardened troops. Um, and the effect is more or less just to fill the cargo bay with just a scattering of energy weapon fire. So, for that leaves, um, Chorong and, um, Eli. You've got your captain down, and Chorog. there's just a whole lot of fire. Chorog tries to make a dash across, across the fire to get in front of, uh, Captain Graves, try to absorb whatever incoming fire there might be in Blot and shield him. All right, daring fitness roll, and I'm going to spend two threat. Uh, d- that's two uh, tributes. So, uh... oh, sorry. Uh, uh, yeah, it's a fitness. Um, yeah, uh, daring security. All right. Yep, and no complications. So you are able to dodge through the hail of relatively inaccurate fire, um, and you are able to arrive at Captain Graves. Dragging his bum leg behind him. Uh, Eli, what do you do? I mean, I was just about to do the same sort of thing, but with a medical thing. You can do that too. Yeah. Um, Captain, Captain Graves is injured and Trog needs his knee fixed, so. <laughs> well, Captain, I'm coming for you. Fitness security. Two successes as well. You're also able to make it to the captain. And between the two of you, you can also move a few bits of crates around to provide effective cover. Um, so you don't have to necessarily just use your bodies to protect them. So you've got a nice little nook now that is safe immediately safe from immediate fire. Alright, time for medicine. Medicine! Uh, control medicine. Ocasus would definitely apply. Alrighty. And I, I definitely got some focuses for this. So, control, medicine. You, with two successes, you were able to apply a careful balance of nerve blockers to bring Graves' nervous system back into line, subsiding the pain greatly. He blinks, looks around, and says, Um, alright, I still see we're under fire. Should we call for backup? Or... Evac and a set of stun grenades. 
I got something better than stun grenades. We kind of want to take some of these alive uh, people alive. If not, well, I could take. Well, I could uh, take this here old Federation phaser rifle, set it to overload, and I could stun the hell out of them. All right, if you think you can give it a shot, go for it. Agus Trog has pyrotechnics and improved con and improvise improvised construction and mechanical tinkering. I think he can turn that thing into a hell of a stun grenade. Right, so you're going to be rolling for this an engineering insight roll to figure out how best to throw this into a um, a how best to create an improvised stun grenade out of a Federation phaser rifle. And before you get to rolling, so you're going to be using a 2d20, um, 12, 4, and I'm going to be spending 4 threat. So your complication range is 16. So it's 12, 5, 16. 12, 5, 16, okay. Yep. Yeah. Two successes. You are able to work up a really quick um, improvised uh, stun grenade and toss it out. Here, catch! Rick, Rick, you are going to... Uh, Rick, you will need to make a evasion roll. Okay, uh, control security? Yeah, I'd say so. Two successes. So you catch a bit of the a bit of the impact with that, but you're not brought down. It's just not a heavy thump against your nervous system. Some of the minor crew, though, are hit full face on by the radiating phaser uh, stun energy. So several of your security team are now down as well. All right. Well, uh, seeing things are turning against him, uh, Rick's gonna start to flee. He's gonna try and uh, run out, stumble at his feet, run out, and um, he's going to try and sabotage a cargo bay. Well, so, well, one thing to note here is that there was a transporter enhancer in the cargo bay when you started. Ooh, true. I mean, he wants to, he wants to, he wants to sabotage, but, yeah, he's, he's going to try and, uh, he's going to tap his combadge, uh, Get us out of here! How can he tap it with no arms? Well, he's lost one arm. He's, got he's one. still got oh, one. I, lost I thought he lost I only, I only managed to pull one arm off. <laughs> okay, okay. I thought he lost both. <laughs> he taps it with it. He just he like he just heads butt his combat. He's just that flexible. <laughs> he takes his shoe off. So, uses his so you um. You're able to tap your combat. The, uh, the ISS Reliant comes through and begins to transport away the injured members of the security team as well as, uh, or most of the injured members of the security team as well as a cargo container. Is in the room. Oh, no. Tazaka! Um, was that the container with the... No. Graze looks up with what? Do we still have everyone, is what I'm getting at. Oh, where's Head that count? That's what I'm asking. Um, hello? And on the ISS Reliant, the cargo container is opened, and Setsu Jigoro falls out onto the transporter pad of the Mirror Universe ship. Oh, no. And with that, let's go ahead and take a short five to ten minute break. This is somewhere on the ISS Reliant. Captain Graves in a black uniform is glancing over a data pad. The door opens, and Rick Tier, Mirror Universe Rick Tier, 
stumbles through with stumbles through with his arm, or where his arm used to be, very quickly bandaged up. Graves looks across the dim floor that is starting to be illuminated by red light. Well, how'd it go? We got what we came for. Um, I think just to add a character. I what think. happened? Uh, what happened to your arm? Norsican was part of the uh, team. I disabled him, but he managed to force his way through and chop my arm off. Okay, so did they like start firing first? They refused my uh, so operate, uh, request. What did you request? I requested their assistance. What did they say in return? That they would not come with me. All right, well, at least you tried to negotiate. Sets the data, pat aside, and says, All right, so, you said we can't, we, there's a lot of stuff we came there for, and there's a lot of stuff on that station that we still need to go through. So, what exactly did you bring back? Uh, he will, uh, we, um, apparently, we got a case, uh, apparently there was, uh, an Ibby inside it. So we could, what? uh, request further like assistance by, uh, trading her if necessary. Is an Ibby like a dog or something? Some sort of person. I am unfamiliar with them. Ah, alright, well... He leveraged for negotiations, at the very least. Well, have a process. Hold her in standby. Well, I'll give you exactly what to do with her. In the meantime, though, I want you to get uh, patched up. And, um, yeah, I'll head to the bridge. He just sort of, uh, uh, uh mirror grave just sort of sees uh, Rick Nod and, and head back. He doesn't say anything else. Graves also calls. Also, um, how did uh, Bryce do? He installed a few new upgrades and was pretty excited about testing them out. They exploded him with some form of rocketry. Uh, wait, they exploded Bryce? There was, uh, seems they were more formidable than we expected, and, uh, they had heavy weaponry on them. Graves has a long, just sort of weary sigh. All right, well, we'll get to, be, uh, get to building another. I mean, the last upload wasn't too long ago. That'll be all. Thank you, Commander. And he just continues walking in. Mirror <laughs> Universe Graves again just shakes his head, grabs a cup of coffee, and just heads towards the bridge. We cut down to the prisoner holds of the ISS Reliant. Setsa has been thrown into a cell after having her uniform roughed up a little bit. Looks out around into the darkness. In front of the cell, holding a pad, is a small alien like she has not seen before, flanked by lights coming from the wall. The alien has brown fur and a very raptorish-like stance. She has a long, thick, furry tail and very large eyes upon a rodent-like face, along with large ears. Most striking at all of all, though, is the extremely large front tooth she has across the front of her muzzle, which has also been sharpened to a razor point. She has long, thin arms and types away at a pad. When she notices that Setsa is awake, she looks up. Graves, you're muted. Um, hello. 
The figure looks over at her. It, she's wearing basically what looks to be a ratty dress that looks like maybe it used to be a coat for the Terran Empire. There's an insignia across the breast, although the whole thing is quite worn and dirty. Around her neck is also a thick metal collar. She simply looks dispassionately at the Ibby. Name? Um, Setsa. What's your name? Setsa. Setsa. No match found. Hmm. What is your species? Uh, Ibby. That response gets a very cold look. And the alien simply looks down and types away at the pad again. Sets a size, leans back against the hull, says, <sighs> Well, I mean, I'm here. You know, please talk. Yes, you're here. Until they kill you. Don't do that. Oh, it would be a kindness. Believe me, they're capable of so much worse. And with that, the alien tucks the pad under her arm, turns and walks out. Sets a size again. Takes a little pebble, tosses it against the force field, watches it fl- uh, flick off, and rolls onto her side, tries to get what press she can. Confident, but a little frustrated. Meanwhile, the figure proceeds up to the bridge and moves over, scurrying into the middle of the bridge, and bows extremely low before the captain, pressing her forehead to the ground. Master Graves, sir. Uh, what is it? Um, Sarah, was it? Kara, sir. Kara. Right, Kara. I have checked with the prisoner. Her DNA does not match anything on Imperial record. Her name does not bring up any matches in the record. It's almost like she doesn't exist, sir. Well, she might not exist in this universe. Do you wish her interrogated, sir? <sighs> It would be well that we can get some information from her. However, I don't want her badly roughed up. She is a... Could be a valuable asset in negotiations with Starfleet, if it comes to that. Acknowledged, sir. I will inform security. She answered a few questions for me. I could I could try more, sir. Yeah, certainly. Alternate approaches can sometimes lead to surprising results. Otherwise, I will have Ged on standby. Of course, Master. Right away. She bows again and scurries off the bridge. Graves looks over to his first officer. Oh shit, that me. Well, what do you make of this? The camera pans to Graves' first officer. It, 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 it's Eli, yay. But not... Regular Eli. I, I'm bad at describing things, you can tell. <laughs> um, he's wearing the regular Terran uniform pants, um, the same sort of dress shoes regular Eli wears, but with uh, metal plating on them. And the knife is on the other foot. No, he, they're on both feet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's not wearing a shirt, but instead he's got a jacket. A nice snakeskin <laughs> jacket. Yes, snakeskin I am. jacket, you say? Yes, snakeskin. Very nice. I gotta give. <laughs> I have to give. So Graves has asked you a question. Yep. Yeah, uh, what was the question again? Because I'm sorry, I was describing what, the thing. I forget. What do you make of this? Hmm. I think you're getting weak. 
A Terran ain't worth dust without strength. You let that slip, someone else is gonna go coming for your spot. Well, our strong man on this crew was Bryce, and he got blown up. Oh, Bryce wasn't shit. Don't worry about him. Easily replaceable. He's fodder. You, you're top dog. Alright, as top dog, I'm in command of the mission, and I have to extract more results than any other crew would have gotten in this situation. So many of her contemporaries just shoot first, and just let uh, inflated sense of inflated sense of self-importance do the rest from there. We, we move in the shadows. We stab when we need to and we make sure it hurts when it does. So, let us learn what we can, prepare what we can. So, by the time we make our, need to make our strike, the Federation won't be able to say no to us. They will simply have to live with what the consequences are. With that, he turns the icon and says, Are we still... Uh, are we still undetected? From there, a mostly robotic ensign, ensign Moon turns over and says, in a robotic voice, Yes, sir, I believe we are. However, it's difficult to tell what tricks the Federation may have, have up their sleeve. Dogs, devils, the absolute true hounders of the... That's enough, Bryce. Or, sorry, that's enough, Moon. All right. Well, let's see what we can get from the Federation captive, and, uh... Yeah, you know what? Let's have our new guest, the botanist. See what he can make of the Setsu Jigoro as well. With that, camera pans over to the Reliance, the USS Reliance sickbay, where Captain Graves is sitting on a biobed, and the rest of the senior staff is there as well. Graves, uh, Charles Graves, kind of on a biobed too, get his knees all screwed up. Any communication from the the me. Graves looks around. I take that as a no. No communication, That's no signs of demands yet. Prime Eli looks down at the Bryce head that he's taken. Um, no, sir. Nothing yet. Graves just a long sigh and says, I know really how to hurt myself. I suppose? Um, alright. Uh, let's see. We assume, because they use a transporter, that the ISS Reliant is probably someone somewhere close by. <sighs> any chance we can do another scan and see if we've got any asteroids or other bodies here, parts of the station, debris that they could be hiding behind? Trog looks over as he's sitting on a nearby biobed fiddling with the android arm he took. As soon as I can get back on my feet, I'll do a, make sure I do a good area scan, look for any kind of anomalous signatures. All right, um, Rick, go ahead and give him a hand as well. I think we're fine right now for ship systems, so if we can try to pierce through any type of subterfuge they have with regard to their location, let's definitely focus on that. Tara looks over. Sorry, go ahead. There is a number of ways they could potentially uh, hide their power output. Um, We'll have to uh, um, liaise with some of the science team as well. Kara looks Grave over. Shots. I'm doing what I can, but when it comes to stealth, they're the ones that have all the advantages. Uh, uh, any chance we can track Setsa through her implants? Right now, that's the best chance we probably have, but I'm not exactly a science officer. 
If you could isolate her comm badge signal, though, you could at least find out roughly where she is. Yeah, chances are Terrans are probably taking her comm badge. If it's still on the ship, it would help you find the ship. Yeah, if it's still on the ship. It's another route to explore. There's more than one ways to get around a cloaking device. I know a thing or two about that. I'll help you try to set up an algorithm to find it. If they're even using a cloaking device, they could just be powering down enough to get by. Graves, so let's start working through some possibilities and eliminate what they're not doing so we can try to figure out what they are. Well, they're not anywhere up. Claps his hands. Graves claps his hands like, all right, let's get to it. And he tries to he tries to um, sit up. Uh, more or less fails, and his momentum carries him over to falling on the floor. Actually, give me just a second here. Captain, you really should go see uh, the doctor. Yes, hello, I am doctor here. Oh, the doctor's... Uh, oh, I'm in sickbay, the doctor's here. Uh, uh, yeah, now I'll stay put for as long as the situation affords. Kara doesn't manage to stop him from falling out of the bed, but she moves quickly enough to break his fall to the floor when he moves. And uh, Rick will help him back up into bed. Gruffs the floor is uh, broken. Dead Gruffs. All right. All right. All right. You all, you got jobs. Go do them. I'll tend to this one. Do try to get some rest, sir. Graves nods. And we cut back over to... Just outside the security station, over on the ISS Reliant. Kara, you've been tasked with interrogating the captain, but someone has come up behind you. It is a hulking Nosikin, someone you may have seen before, someone you may have glimpsed along the hallways. This is Mirror Universe Chorog. Turning around, the tiny alien eeps and backs up against the wall. Mirror Universe Chorog looks down at... Mirror Universe Kara says, Oh, you have nothing to fear. I want her to fly. I just hear we have a new prisoner. I thought maybe I could present this floral arrangement to help brighten up her quarters. Kara looks up at Chorog like he's insane, but is not going to question the captain's decisions and simply nods and leads him down the hallway to where Setsa is behind a security field. Um, one quick interjection. As they pass along the hallway, it's your standard Mirror Universe hallway. Lots of red, lots of Imperial logos. But there's a small shrine and a large portrait hung in a, well, rather central area. There's a memorial for the late Emperor. And on that frame, along some black velvet draped along it, it's contained within a picture of Boimler. Hey. May he long, reign long in the laughter life. Chorog passes the memorial, stops for a brief moment. I'll have to freshen up the floor arrangement, looking rather wilted. We continue on into the security office. Mirakara walks along and stands in front of the force field where Setsa is. And after a minute, she just says, Kara, Kara Junrani. That's his eyes go wide. And... She beams. Kara! Oh, Kara! You're Kara. The alien shrugs. You asked my name. You are so adorable. What? Hi. What is... The tiny slave can't figure this one out and just kind of backs up for a bit. 
He sets an advances on the uh, on the security field. Like, so you're, are you were you born uh, born this species? No, I. It was a long time ago after I was conscripted. When the Emperor's chief scientists come to you and tell you to hold the strange green rock, you don't argue. It did this to me. Well, I mean, you're not maybe, but you know, there's you know, definitely some points of fascination, points of interest around what you've become. You can certainly make some good stuff with it. So, if you want to talk about it sometime, great. I mean, I have my own rule running. She gestures to her Borg implants. And yeah, definitely it's not the same body I was born into. Well, say I was born. Kara's looking uncomfortable and just looks over at Chorog. Chorog steps from uh, behind Kara, uh, from the shadows, and sees the small captive in the security area. I I thought you'd like some flowers to brighten up your arrangements. What? You you have have nothing to fear. I am Chorog. I'm just uh, I am a humble florist. I I I've been conscripted for biological purposes by the Terran Empire. I I, I wouldn't hurt. I would. I'm not going to hurt you. I just want to give you some of these flowers to brighten up your room. When you say biological purposes, you don't mean breeding, do you? Oh, <laughs> go, go. <laughs> surprising oh, everyone! Everyone starts laughing. The, the captain, for some reason, thinks I have expertise in biology, in flowers, in plant life. I, I'm just a florist. I, I know nothing of these other things. But I try to do what I can just to keep myself out of the horrible, horrible agony booth. Oh, all right. Well, I thought Terrence might try to alternate uh, interrogation techniques. So, all right. Well, I mean, yeah. Want to talk? I mean, I'm talking. Well, I, I cannot stay and talk. I must get back to my work. The, the captain would not like that very much. I just want to bring you these flowers to brighten up your room. Oh, I don't control the force field. Kara moves over and turns on a force field at the end of the hallway, and then briefly lowers the force field in front of Setsa. Uh, just a second. Uh... Okay. Proceed. Uh, again, Kara basically just starts a force field at the end of the hallway before you could leave the security station, and then briefly drops the force field in front of uh, Setsa. Setsa nods to herself. Setsa nods to herself with what might be a misplaced self-confidence. Chara quickly puts the the small flower arrangement he brought with him Rolls it into the cell and quickly backs away, fearing any repercussions. Satsa just regards the flowers, taking a close look, and says, These aren't gonna, like, shit out any toxins or hallucinogenics, just flowers? Oh, the only thing they're gonna shoot out is the most pleasant of smells. While they're busy talking, Kara puts the force field back in place. Satsa just nods, sets the flowers in, in a position out of the way so they won't get trampled. Oh, thanks for providing a little bit of color here. That's right. I'm just trying to be a dutiful member of this crew. Just trying to help. Oh, 
Please, I appreciate being able to lighter touch. Kara just looks back and forth in size and just moves over. I've been sent to ask you some questions. You wanted to talk. Oh, yeah, so... I mean, that's the way. I'm a scientist, so I don't think there's anything I really know that really to compromise on. What can you tell me about yourself? We checked your DNA and your name against all Imperial records. You don't appear. Uh, yeah, I mean, kind of special. I mean, coming off Starfleet, I mean, it's kind of obvious that you didn't have the best time there, just because similarly by the board collective and all. Before that, I just exiled from the world and I'm making new life for myself. Kara nods and taps away at her pad, taking notes. I see, and you're a scientist on the USS Reliant, I take it. Yep, just junior data analyst. Hmm. I see. She taps away, and Setsa has probably this moment to ask her a question if she feels like it. You said you're a slave here, but, I mean, I really keep looking through. I just not like how you are now. And the Terran Empire, if you're not Terran, you're everything else. Sure, they might use you as a weapon, or as a scientist, or whatever they can, but in the end... You're not human. It's a size and says. Well, you know, Federation's pretty good in that respect. In the respect to you, however you come. Liberated Borg, though, don't always have it easy. I mean, they're pretty easily otherized as just another XP, blocking comments out, a time bomb going off. People just, they don't like the Borg. So if you get touched by them, you're painted. I've learned to get by. Don't look people in the eye. Bow low, do what you're told. Try not to scream too loudly when they activate the collar. Uh, I mean, that's the collar you're wearing right now? It is. Car reaches up and taps the metal collar around her neck. It's got an agonizer field projector in it, as well as a variety of other implements, should I disobey. It's nods. Sets and nods. Slight flicker to her eye, and her implant flashes blue for a moment. Just ever so slightly. Just a little bit of a flicker. Probably why I was sent to ask you these questions. The captain figures that more likely you'll answer me, because if you don't, I will be the one who is punished. So, what can you tell me about your Marcus? Nothing I think that you couldn't assume. He's a capable and excellent commander. He doesn't seem as harsh as the rest of the crew, but I know that no one ever defies him. He's smart and charismatic, and, when necessary, absolutely ruthless. So... Setsa works or or just uh, fidgets a little bit. Size. Any personal attachments? None that I am aware of. I know that he owns me, and thus I am one of the main people, she says the word a little sarcastically, going in and out of the ready room and his quarters and everything else. I do as I'm told, but I have never seen him with anyone else there. Uh, Has he... That's a bites off the question. He says, "Well, I kind of 
want to talk to him myself. I mean, it's really kind of good to know him. You know, he's different from Margrave's. I will see what can be arranged. Sets and odds and says, All right, well, we want to just try to take care of him as best he can. Oh, believe me, I will take care of him. With that, she turns like, and drops the remaining force field, preventing her from leaving, and walks out. Setsa looks up to the ceiling, and I'm just working through a lot of emotions right now. Just the being captured, the connections to graves, and having to think through the situation, think through the Kara that she's found here, think through the Rick that she's heard shouting from her box fort during the uh, firefight, and just to herself, just curses how cruel probability can be across the stretches of infinite causality. And with that, I think we're good to call it, unless anyone wants to have a scene um, after well, this, either through Mirror Universal or um, Prime Self. I do have a small one, but first I also wanted to say, but at least she has flowers. At least she has flowers, yes. Back on the bridge of the ISS Reliant in the dim red light, Kara once again moves to the middle of the floor and bows low against the floor. Master Graves, I obtained some information from from the captured woman. She is a scientist. Her background seems to mark her as an artificially created being, a clone. She does not match any of our records. Quite possibly in our universe, she does not exist. She has, however, made a request to speak with you personally. Is this the kind of request, like, let me talk to your captain, I will negotiate this personally? It seemed more personal, sir. It seemed like she had some personal interest in you, not in part of your station. Graves blinks. Um, alright then. We'll see if we can, what we can do with it, but first, you need to make a little bit of impression. Eli, um, spend a little time with her, and I'll check on her a little bit later. Oh? Want me to go do that? Of course, Captain, of course. As Just the make first sure officer your pet moves, As the first officer moves, you know, through, Kara quickly backs away from him before she can get kicked. I'll get whatever results you need. Just remember to watch your back. If I'm not here, who knows how many will take a stab at it. Graves has the mental note. Well, if you're not here, I know that's one last person who will take a stab at it. <laughs> oh, you always assume. You think I want your job? Nah. Boring. Oh, actually, here's a quick thing. That was a mental note. Oh, I so thought you said that out. Do you Sorry. want? Oh, no, 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 no. We can run to this. I mean, he How is. How else is Eli? Uh, he still has the empath, so I think he could get the general feeling. I guess. Well, I'm just wondering: is is this Eli a stronger empath, or? Sure. Why? why <laughs> I, I, so I he basically replied telepathically to Graves. No, he says that he out loud. Replied telepathically. Okay. He says that he, out loud. He says it out loud. Okay. Graves just sighs. Alright. I don't have too much fun down there. Eli grabs his bat as he heads out into the turbo lift. 
gives a salute. Like a, a casual, like, two-finger salute. And no, not flipping you off, like, actually, just like the, the middle and uh, <laughs> index finger to the forehead. Yeah. Boy Scout as, salute. As for the other matter, Master, I, I was checking the records on board the station. It does not seem like the device has been recovered, and it seems to be having the appropriate effect upon the Riotheans. It could be possible to manufacture the device for use against other telepaths. <sighs> Avenue worth exploring. More productivity for this adventure. Your superiors will be pleased. Let's first worry about one step at a time. Let's get the basics down and not go get too greedy with what else we can do. Of course, Master. Would you like a cup of coffee? He suspiciously eyes Kara. I'm good for the time being. Yes, Master. She bows again and quickly flees. I may have... Anyone else? I may have two things. Uh, I got two scenes, if that's alright. I'm just saying that was it for my content. Okay. Um, Cut to to Prime Eli in his his office down in the sickbay, windows dim, doors locked, trying to reactivate uh, Mirror Bryce's head. Come on, come on. All right. <laughs> All right, you're going to have to roll for this. <laughs> okay. I'm ready. And I'm going to spend the rest of my threat. So this is going to be inside engineering, or daring engineering. There we go. Daring engineering. I'm spending five threat. Application range is 15. All right, and I'm going to use one of my talents. I'm a doctor, not an engineer. That make, that lets me use my medicine for engineering. Yay! You, fool, you thought you were nerfing me. <laughs> um, so that actually brings my that actually brings my roll up to fifteen. Yep. Well then, one success, one complication. You reactivate the head, but the head snaps up and just starts shouting. You will rue the day that you have interfered with property of the Terran Empire. You do not know uh, what destruction, what wrath you are cool. bringing on to the rest of your crew. Beat, Eli says as he shoves the the neck of a booze bottle in his mouth. Here you go, just shh, shh, there. I got some questions. But we... Well, uh, questions later, um... All right, uh, he's going to contain the head. Bottle's still in a... In so you've got a, you know, basically, a cyborg, a silver cyborg skull head that you have... Oh, shit, I got the Terminator? ...and muted. Yeah, you ba- he's basically the Terminator. Oh, this could only go well. Oh, God, I didn't consider that. God damn it. <laughs> Yep, let's right. let's put the head in a box in the refrigerator. Let's go. <laughs> Even though you put it in Ged's refrigerator. <laughs> Ged just I, I'm renting out some space in your refrigerator, Ged, don't worry. It, like he just opens it and screams. <laughs> <laughs> the head Okay. And so, yeah, that, that'll be plot device next session, I hope. And you said you had two things? Yeah, does anyone else need the time first? Uh, I, uh, nope, I'm, I'm good. good. 
I've got Rick Tears. I got all I wanted. Mirror Rick Tears uh, in in the engineering lab going over schematics. Uh, his arm bandaged up and uh, the arm got shot up, bandaged up and a nub and he's just going look, looking over schematics for a cybernetic arm um, uh, for a moment and making some minor changes. But um, as he's takes it back and looks at it he he um actually switches to something else there's a small little like a, a puck sort of like size device that he that he's uh also working on um in the core is you can those that look at the core you can see there's explosive in it and that would be for now and dun dun and like I said, the second thing I have, cut to mere Eli in the turbo lift on the way down, bat on his shoulder, enjoying the elevator music. He has a communicator in his pocket that chirps, he takes it out. Yo, we're only getting one side of the conversation here, just so you know. Ah, they still don't trust me. Yes, yes, I, he thinks I want his job, I really don't. I have my own. The Emperor wants to make sure he stays in line. Well, of course they're not going to trust me. You're an Inquisitor. I'm related to you. Right? Uh, okay. So, yeah. I'll try not to go missing while you're in the past or whatever you're doing. Alright. See ya, Brian. And he closes the communicator. Dun dun dun! That's also the um this the beat hit by the elevator music. It's very it's... bombastic. It's like imperial marching music. <laughs> it's great elevator music. Man, Grumpy's gonna have a lot to come back to next week. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. I, I I've given him some updates here, but um yeah, we'll we'll have to just explain the skull. That's the one part we're gonna say. Okay, and we did this too. Um, have fun. <laughs> we still. Rec- I mean, is this bonus material, or we stopped recording? Uh, uh, let's basically. I'll do the outro. So, thank you for uh, joining us tonight on this episode of Star Trek Reliant. We'll be back next week with our conclusion to this Mirror Universe episode. But also to give you a, a shout out, in two weeks we are going to be seeing the return of one Commander Karn. And Lieutenant Tardigrade as Master Kale joins us for another guest appearance on this podcast. So stay tuned for some more adventure to come very quickly here in the next few weeks.